eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Spare Time Bowling Show on 105.7 FM. The Fancy Sparky Pfeiffer. Dwight Albrecht, Spare Time Pro Shop uh, from New Berlin Bowl. And, of course, Phil Brylow. Extra frame. Flow bowling. All that fun stuff. Sean Rash hitting a 7-10 split as the ball falls into the gutter and slides the 10 straight across in the 7 yeah. I don't believe I've ever seen it done that way. I think just on like an episode of the Flintstones would be about <laughs> it. Yeah, it was it was interesting. We were on the call watching it on Flow Bowling, yep. and it was the yep. first time Sean's wife Sarah had ever seen him make a seven ten. She was there this week, so she was yep. pretty excited about it as well. And yeah, it just was uh, weird, weird conversions. You you guys went crazy on the air. We had it on at the shop when I it got happened. tweeted out by Flow Bowling and got yeah. a ton of retweets. That's where I saw it was the retweet. Yeah. yeah, and they wanted to. You guys were trying to get it to come back up and repeat it. So, but at the time being live, you couldn't, and at least initially. But yeah. yeah, you guys were excited in the booth over him making that. Yeah, we don't. I mean, you don't see it very often anywhere. Even on the PBA tour, we had Jason Sterner with the four six seven ten this week too. Yeah, and, you know that's that's a rarity as well. And it's fun when you get to see stuff like that out there, mm-hmm. even if it's in the middle it's of the rare. Place, it's rare. Yeah. It's so rare. It's, yeah. And people want to see the different ways it gets made. Right. You know, the, the thing uh, about bowling, the funny thing is, is that when you, you have personalities uh, on the tour or the past tour, it is amazing how people that aren't bowling fans will react to those personalities, right? right. So, for instance, I just tweeted out the show's coming up, and one of our listeners at Fan Brewer uh, retweeted it with a Pete Weber gif right back at, at the station. So now I don't know if this person is a huge bowling fan or not. I have no idea. I've never talked bowling with this guy, but he went found Pete Weber. Pete Weber. Okay. Yep. Fine. I told the story before about, by the way, better not leave this out. Rob Stone, 
uh, play-by-play guy at the PBA Tour should be a fun one. Oh, yeah. Coming up in about 15 <laughs> minutes. And I don't know what Phil tweeted at him yesterday. I'm totally clueless. But Phil can explain when Rob Stone comes up earlier or later on here in about 15, 20 minutes. Um, so I, I explained a couple of weeks ago that Rami, uh, yep. old guy from the big show, went up uh, to Minneapolis, is doing a show up there, and then they started talking about Kyle Troop. They didn't right. bring Kyle Troop on, whatever. Right. None of those guys really know anything about bowling to begin with. And now they want to get Kyle Troop on every week, maybe. Okay, fine. So that was one experience of them watching FS1 replay in their studio, and that's how the whole thing started. Fine. So this week, I'm in here just doing my job, and Jeff Orlovsky is in here producing the show like he does normally on Wednesdays. And Jeff Orlovsky goes, hey, man, he goes, caught the bowling show on Sunday. I was like, you did? He's like, yeah, he goes, I, I don't really watch bowling or anything like that. He goes, but I was just driving around, had you guys on, so I was listening. He goes, who was that guy you had on? I said, Carmen, Carmen Salvino. <laughs> he goes, he's funny. He's good. I like him. Oh, he, he goes, that was a great interview. I listened Man. to the whole thing or whatever. 85 years old. It, it is just funny because, so that's that's Carmen Salvino, you know, 85 years old, he's tournament so of champions, witty. the whole deal, right? Yeah. Jeff Orlovsky's like my age, right? Early 40s. Yeah. Don't know who he is, but very entertained by the interview nonetheless. Now, you're not going to turn it on and watch Carmen Salvino bowl or whatever. Right. I just think there are so many personalities that if people were to get to know, well, it would continue, obviously, to grow the sport. And I think what's going to happen is is Fox Sports and FS1 is going to help grow that. Flow Bowling, with their massive outreach, I think that will also continue to help grow that, too. Yeah, how many people forget that when Carmen was in his era, his day, he was the like the showman of the PBA. He had a little yep. dance moves up at the foul line and... You know, and he jumps just as high now as he did when he was 25 years old <laughs> at the foul line. When he right. throws a strike. I mean, it did happen often this week in Akron, mm-hmm. but the fans were following Carmen the whole way. Right. I mean, you had, you know, piles of fans behind Belmo, and then you had some fans behind Pete. Chris Lowshirt had a whole, he had his high school team that he coaches. They all got a day off of school to come watch him bowl, and they got him all fired up. And he ends up making match play. And then there's Carmen, and Carmen's got a <laughs> Pile of fans, almost as big as Belmonte, watching him go across the bowling. I think center. that's awesome. And and the and the bowlers are watching Carmen bowl between shots. It was it was pretty. pretty so incredible. how far along did Carmen get here? Because we were talking about it uh, off the air last week, as far as where Carmen may have finished. Would he have been able to finish all of Kauai? Would he have to pull out because of you know? I mean, it's a lot of damn bowling. It is. He finished all eighteen games of qualifying. He probably could have did if he made match play. He probably get all twenty four more. We really? have in the flow. We have in the flow bowling booth for five games. During God, match play on Thursday gets night, his energy he exhausted me <laughs> just talking with him for five games. My goodness! Yeah, it was. He practiced a hundred games in the week before bowling the TOC. That is amazing. Think about unreal. that one hundred games. So where did he end up qualifying? He was he was in the he was in last place. He was sixty fourth. Oh, Ryan Simonelli dropped out with an injury. Otherwise, he would have been sixty fifth. Right. He actually beat Simonelli the first block, but okay. but Ryan had an injury, so that was explaining that. I don't care. Yeah. Bowl that much at eighty five years through, old. Though, yeah. I mean, who cares? And and he grabbed the microphone when he was done with the last game of qualifying. Oh, he boy. said, "People at Akron, I'll be back here next year. My health is good. I'm back here. I'm bowling. I'm eighty six. I love it. He's got a target. He, he's he's looking forward to it already. It was hilarious. So. Orlowski brings up this Carmen Salvino. Mm-hmm. So I go into my office, grab my Carmen Salvino bobblehead. <laughs> I bring it in here. I go, this is the guy that you're listening to right here. He just started laughing. He's like, you have a bobblehead of him? I'm like, yes, I do. Yes. Carmen Salvino bobblehead. I do. I have a Carmen Salvino bobblehead. Sean Rash one, too. Uh, so 
Boulders. I thought you would have desk. Sarah Rash bobblehead. They don't make those, as far oh. as I know. Uh, but the Sean Rash one is uh, sitting on the desk along with the Carmen Salvino one. Uh, so we're gonna have Rob Stone coming up. Before we get to Rob Stone, I think Phil needs to clue you and I in on what the heck he is talking about uh, in the tweet from last last night. Sure. So what were you talking about to Rob Stone? I just said I'm gonna clue him in on what the Cornish hen is. That's all. No clue. It's three spares in a row. I've coined oh, the term. Okay. A friend of my a friend three of mine helped me coin the term for bowlers that aren't you know they're learning about you I've know, never heard scoring that. and stuff. Neither like that. have I. He's, yeah. He tweets it. It's done. I'm like, okay, shouldn't the rest of us using, know what you're talking I've about? I've been using it on flow bowling. When, when a bowler gets three spares in a row, it's a Cornish end. It's just a smaller version. So it's kind of like your version well, of the hand bone thing? Well, I wouldn't get that carried away with spares, let's be <laughs> honest. If you're sparing on the PBA Tour and you're getting three in a row, right. you're probably losing ground to the field. Right. So that's why it's kind of a joke, too. It's a Cornish end. It's Cornish small. Cornish end where three you, in a row is a turkey. Right. You know, okay. Dick, Dick Allen, he goes, if you have a Cornish end on the scoreboard, you're doing something wrong. You know, so it's kind of a, a kind of a joke that way between the guys on tour and, and myself with the booth. So can you Cornish imagine what yeah. else he's going to come up with over his years back on the on the air? Well, I'm, I'm interested to see how this is going to play out because <laughs> the six like, pack makes like, me always laugh. Like I've said previously, this dude is about the entertainment factor. Oh, yeah. Right? I mean, that's why that's what makes him so special mm-hmm. as a play by play announcer for this style of sport right this this is what what brings it right is his uniqueness his i'm not some dorky bowler for the last 50 years of my life and i'm not here to try and be all politically correct i'm going to try and make it entertaining right and that is what's going to hold you know the younger fans i think to this sport a little bit if it is somewhat entertaining and you don't know what's coming next out of his mouth i don't know i think brandy pearson's on his toes now because of jj watt last week jj watt wasn't too bad it was kind of entertaining (laughs) And that, and, that he was in booth with them. Yeah, yeah. yeah. JJ was in the booth. It was funny because one of the games, Kyle Troop had locked it up and he and, and kept bowling. And JJ's first question was, "He won. Why is he still bowling? He's got <laughs> he's got to finish the game." It was a legitimate question. If right. you won, why are you still going? Right. That's <laughs> so true. It was kind of neat seeing the uh, the person that was really not around bowling that much. You know their outlook right. while they were helping you know, while he was helping out in the booth. So I thought that was I thought JJ in there was pretty entertaining. Yeah, I was, was fine. Um, the outsiders look at things. Right, yeah. exactly. I didn't see ratings uh, on that. Did, have you heard numbers on that? They were above what they were last year on ESPN by, I believe, 18 or 19%. Really? So, And that I, doesn't count, obviously, all the replays that are happening on FS1. And, again, it was pre-Super Bowl, so I just think it's just a win-win for PBA well, to be Tom on Clark, at that time. Tom Clark loves that, 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 that time where you're on in the afternoon before the right. Super Bowl kicks right. off. Yes, you have all this other pregame Super Bowl coverage that is way overdone and way too damn long. And you talk about entertaining. I laughed many different times during that show. I thought it was extremely entertaining. I I, I really wish I would be able to know how good Mookie Betts could be. Oh, my Mookie goodness. Betts was given it. He's a stud. Yes. Yeah. I, I'm he telling you. He is a stud. I'm watching that. I'm going, man, if he wasn't like MVP caliber player over there in right. baseball, I would love to know how far he could get on this tour because I think yep. he really could be fun to watch. Yeah. He's got the, the physical talent, no doubt about it. A lot of times it's just reading how those guys break down the lanes on the PBA tour. Oh, I know. Yeah, but if you and bowl he, as much as these yeah. PBA guys do, Mickey Betts would figure it out. Right. Exactly. I mean, he did. He had Tommy Jones helping him at World Series of Bowling 9 in 2017 in Reno, yep. and he was crossing with Tommy in the same pair. They got to a pair where Tommy goes, mm-hmm. hey, Belmo and a couple of other guys are on this pair before. Move yourself in way deep. And Mookie pure 12 in a row. Yep. And you can help me with this, Phil, because yeah. I, I, forget her, I forgot her name. But during the week, Sparky, they, they showed like a 13-minute uh, mini clash for where they brought in all these top kids, 
and then they had DJ Archer with it. And I kept thinking the same thing for the young lady that ended up winning it. Was her name? Giselle Jack- Mason? Jasmine? Jasmine Mason, thank yeah, you. Yeah, um, unbelievable young lady talent. But at the same time, she can have a great physical game like Mookie. But when you get out there, and and, they, and she wants to be pre-PWBA. Yeah, she was a solid college player. The university she bowled for is off of me. It was one of the NCAA programs, but she was a college player. But you, ha- as well. you have to be able to trick the ball so yeah. much out there and be able to change with equipment and physical game when the lanes change. And you can, you can have a great A game, but you need a lot more than that to actually cash out on the tour. But you also don't get that coaching when you're not on tour. Correct. When you're on tour and you got ball reps and other pro bowlers and so right. forth, the amount of coaching that you can get and, and the advice you can get time. and the practice right. time that you can yeah. get on tour versus just going around and doing regionals, I don't know, Phil, you tell me. I, I think it's much greater. Oh, absolutely. I mean, learning process. Being, yeah, being under the tournament conditions, that's it's really the only way you can learn the moves and everything successfully. We had Chris Barnes in the booth on full bowling this week, and he goes, my ball rep is there. Great, yeah, but if you're out there and you have to have a ball rep tell you move two, move one on every pair and all this other stuff, you're not at the top of your game. You should be able right. to do that yourself. Uh, so I don't know if I agree with well, that. Well, just every time. I mean, if you're out there I, constantly look, having listen, that happen. Hold, hold on. Okay. Listen, this is this is the thing. Now, I don't necessarily disagree with him that you shouldn't need a ball rep all over your shoulder every frame of every game and qualifying to get there, whatever else. Yeah. But you can't tell me that ball reps aren't a huge deal on TV when you get to that point and the lights and everything else. Because some of these guys, I would assume, having never really done it, obviously, some some of these guys, I'm sure mentally, might get a little frazzled a little bit uh, throughout the time, especially if it starts off the wrong way for them. And maybe you're not thinking like you would if you didn't have all the pressure of the TV lights and everything else on you. When I coach, I tell my students all the time, the set of the eyes in the back of the head are more powerful than the ones in the lane. Yeah. Because you can see as a coach the whole lane as the ball's leaving the hand where the bowlers will pick it up around the arrows and then all the way down. And then you have guys that simply don't want to hear from the Mm -hmm. ball reps. They're just going to do it themselves. They've been doing it for 100 years like Chris Barnes, and I I don't need you. I I can figure it out myself. I've been on TV a million times. I got it. Okay, fine. But then you're going to have some of these other guys that have never been on TV before. They're going to get out there, make it a little bit frazzled mentally, and and lose it a little bit. Well, prime example, it doesn't even have to be a, a ball rep. I mean, you look at Ogle and Rash on a double show mm-hmm. and just right. the affirmations they were building off of each other that whole mm-hmm. time to keep themselves there. I think a lot of times it's just more of the, the psychological psychological type of things. Agree. That, especially under the TV lights, the bowler needs a little help with, which is, as Sparky said, keeping it calm and, right. and focusing on the, on the task at hand, not getting look ahead at, of yourself. Look at Chuck for Sean Rash. I mean, yeah. there's another a great – one that we've talked about in years past. He's as much a psychologist for that dude as he is a, a ball rep as far mm-hmm. as being that cheerleader and trying to keep his emotions in check as, as best he can. People have no idea, unless they are on TV, how quick that 10-frame match <laughs> game goes through, how yeah. fast it goes. It's it's like five seconds and in your mind, done. and it's done. Right. Yeah, so and I mean, on you, TV, it takes a lot longer than five seconds. You got right. the commercial break around the fifth. But it's just how we then, how the bowler sees it, though, when they're actually on TV. It's a blur. Absolutely. But I would assume, and again, I go back to the ball rep with this. It's not much different than baseball. Let's say if you strike out, you got to forget about that and come up your next at bat. If you throw an interception in football, you got to forget about it and come back your next time. You can't let it build for you. And like a couple of weeks ago, when that left lane was killing people, you know. Mm-hmm. To be able to try and figure that out and not let it let it get into your head and still stay focused on how you were supposed to be thinking, that's a big deal. You know, it's funny because we mentioned how good Kyle Troop was on his spare shooting, making all yes. kinds of split stuff on a yeah. Lubbock show. 
missed five single pins the last qualifying block to fall in the 26th place and missed the missed the make and match play by mm. less than a dozen pins. Five week, single pins yeah, in, this week in, in the one six-game block. Yeah, Just goes to show how quickly the, as you said, these guys yep. can have things go away mentally. And yep. next thing you know, you're, you're not getting a check. Yeah. Bounce back off of that. We will uh, talk more about uh, the Chris Paul Celebrity Bowling Tournament coming up after Rob Stone uh, at 935. But we'll get Rob Stone coming up next. It's going to be fun. We'll see how this all plays out on the air. I, I can't wait mm-hmm. to hear it myself because uh, I'm a big Rob Stone fan. Oh, who isn't? Big Rob Stone fan. Uh, but I was very angered by what was going on the first couple of shows, so we'll see what Rob says next. Castellane Spare Time Bowling Show on 105.7 FM, The Fancy Sparky Pfeiffer. Bill Brilo from Extra Frame, Flow Bowling, and Dwight Albert from the Spare Time Pro Shop in New Berlin. Joining us now, he is the voice of the PBA Tour on Fox. He is Rob Stone on the Great Midwest Bank Hotline. Rob, thanks for coming on. Anytime, gentlemen. Thanks for having me. Okay, as as we all know in the room, I, I lost my mind a couple of weeks ago uh, on the show. And I'm trying to. I was to, proud of you, by the way. I was proud of you. That was a good losing of your mind. Yeah, it was. And <laughs> I. Regularly, but. That was that, that. You were spot on there, so I, I applaud you. You know, Rob, I, if I, I do the afternoon show here uh, as well during the week, and I lose my mind quite a bit, you know, over the Packers or the Brewers or the Bucks, or, and that's very normal. And I love doing this show because it's stress-free. Very rarely do I really get that angry doing this show. It's, it's a lot more fun and relaxed and kind of chilled out with Phil and Dwight and a lot of fun. But, dude, the four-bagger stuff, man, you're killing me with the four-bagger stuff. You're killing me, Rob. <laughs> Ah, that's good. I, I, you know what? Um, look, I'm a big professional wrestling fan here, and yep. I think there's a lot of parallels in life that you can draw from professional wrestling. I can't believe I'm saying this, but the, the biggest is if you come out and you don't get a reaction, then you're not doing your job. You either want them booing uh, or cheering. You want them angry mm-hmm. and upset or, or thrilled. So at a minimum, I got a reaction out of you, which means I'm, I'm doing my job. Um, look, I love saying Hambone. Um, I enjoy the hell out of it. I, I get great smiles when people come up to me and uh, tell me how much they enjoy doing it. And, and I, I got one of those yesterday. And, um, I, you know, to your credit, yeah, I've, I've definitely pulled back on it a little bit. Uh, and that was, that was on me. That, that was a conscious decision on my part where I didn't want to shove it down people's throats. I didn't want that to be um, getting in the way of, of Fox and our debut with the PBA and, and what the PBA has done. But um, trust me, your words motivated me, and um, <laughs> you'll be hearing you'll be hearing more shrieks from the background <laughs> because uh, this... somebody wants to throw four in a row for okay, me. Okay, so you know, other play-by-play guys probably weren't all that happy with me a- after you were gone. Then it was trying to compare everybody else to Rob Stone, and it, everybody mm-hmm. else is not you. Obviously, does not have the entertainment factor as you, and that was the one thing. When I heard they they got you back, I was like, okay. So because I think, and you may not look at it this way, but I I, I do because I I love marketing, I love sales, I love everything that goes along with it, and I just think you're a huge piece of the puzzle for the PBA tour to get a younger generation of fans to actually tune into this and stay tuned into this and not bail after one or two balls because of what you bring to the broadcast. And that's why I freaked out because I don't want this to be another traditional, you know, put me to sleep broadcast. Yeah, no, I, I, a hundred percent. I understand. And, and I'm going to take that as a compliment and, and, and thank you. Um, you know, not everybody 
views what I do in, in the same vein, and that's fine. You know, that, that's the world we live in, particularly in the business that you and I are in, that everybody's going to have a differing opinion. Correct. So that, that's fine. But, um, look, I, I'm an energetic, uh, upbeat, optimistic guy, and what I do is 100% natural and genuine. I am not faking anything. I'm not pre-programming anything. Um, you are getting my initial uh, reaction to something I see and feel uh, and hear out there. And, and my laughs are, are pure. When Tom Doherty is, is giving me <laughs> that was giving awesome. me grief live, yep. I'm loving it. I'm, I'm cracking <laughs> up. And, and I think it's fantastic that, you know, we, we can have that interaction. We can have that relationship. And I agree with you. You know, in the end, we're in the entertainment business. And, and yes, you and I, uh, we, we talk about sports, but, but sports are entertaining. And yep. if you're not entertained, you don't care. And, and you're not passionate. And, and you're not angry. You're not happy. You're not jumping up. You're not pumping your fist. You're not slamming anything. So in the end, why shouldn't bowling be the same? And you're right. If, if people can get hooked with the energy and just hearing the tone or something that makes them stick around a little bit longer, then you know, I, I think I'm doing a job. And, mm-hmm. and part of that kind of goes back to my good friend, um, Gus Johnson. And I've never really thought about it this way until recently that uh, I have the utmost respect for Gus. And people love listening to Gus games, right? When there's when something bonkers is going on in college football or college basketball or back in the old NCAA tournament, everybody was saying, please let Gus be there. Let Gus handle this because it is so damn entertaining to listen to. And Gus does a great job of, of stepping back and letting his analysts hit all those singles, you know, lay down a bunt, maybe steal a base, maybe hit a double. Just, just do all, the, all that dirty work. But when, when the moment comes, Gus is there to hit that triple, to hit that home run, to clear the bases, to bring everybody up out of their chairs. And, and I think to an extent, I've kind of evolved into that with bowling because bowling has got a ton of these moments, and, and there's just a lot of people out there that, that don't realize it uh, and are ignorant enough to not respect it and give it the opportunity to hook them uh, and, and educate them that, hey, this is a fun, this is a fun hour and a half, two hours that I can spend and really, really enjoy myself watching this type of broadcast. When you did that one year of bowling uh, back in the day on ESPN, did you think it was going to have the impact that it did all these years later on fans probably no to this day? No chance. You know, I, I've said the story a few times, but, you know, the bowling was thrown at me. I had no idea it was coming. It came at a horrible time in my life. It's not what I expected. It's not what I needed. It's not what I wanted. And I went in with, very much of an attitude of, hey, take it or leave it, right? This is what I'm going to do. This is how I'm going to do it. And it, it's not that I was going to go in pompous or, or uneducated, not do my work, but it was just sort of, this is what, this is what you're going to get from me. And if you don't like it, that's fine. And, and with that attitude kind of came, you know, this, this breath of fresh air for me because we spend so much time worrying about every word we say and crafting things and, and you know, and making sure we've got every last moment of research done where, with bowling, I went in with a little bit more of a relaxed attitude of, hey, take it or leave it. Uh, this is how I'm going to do it, and I'm not going to stress out about it. And it ended up helping me and, and making me stronger and better, I think. And it's made me better with all my other sports that I'm fortunate enough to do. And I, I never thought bowling would provide me this. I never thought I would want to get back to bowling as badly as I did. Uh, and frankly, I never thought that I would have – um, the reaction uh, given to me upon my return. I mean, bowling has, has and continues to give me nothing but surprises, and, and I mean that in a very good way. 
Well, even though my favorite call is, hey, Randy, open up a six-pack, I know everyone's dying that's listening to know, how did you come up with the ham bone? Um, well, you know, we, we all know what a turkey is. And, again, it goes back to my, my first show where I'm like, hey, what's, what's the name for four strikes in a row? Because <laughs> three's a you know, two-bagger and three's a turkey. So, you know, I'm just going down the line. <laughs> and he's like, well, there's, there's nothing for a four. And I just said, all right, well, we're going to start calling it ham bone. And the reason I came up with Hambone is my wife was pregnant at the time with twins. And um, the belly was getting big, guys. And um, I remember back in my local news days in Albany, Georgia, where my wife and I worked, we covered uh, this obese gentleman named Hambone who was, like, <laughs> stuck in his room. They couldn't get him out. They had, to get, like, a, they had to knock down a wall and get a crane in to get him out of his room uh, so he'd get proper health. I'm not trying to make fun of him. But offhand, I, I called my wife Hambone one day because she was walking around with her belly and could barely get around. And it cracked her up and, you know, it, it brought some, the rest some is history to a stressful time. So Hambone was just kind of floating in the back of my head. <laughs> and I just barked out Hambone. And, you know, Randy's looking at me like, what the hell? And our production guys behind the scenes are kind of giggling and laughing. And it, it, became, it became kind of an internal joke for a couple weeks where I would say it, and we would all just giggle and laugh because it was so stupid. It makes no sense. It's got no relation to anything in life, uh, but it just puts a smile on your face, and I would get energetic about it, and, um, and it was a total inside joke for our TV people. And then people started bringing, you know, saying it a little bit more here and there, and I was like, oh, this is cool. It's got, like, a little traction. Uh, and then one day we came... And, and our producer kind of pulled me aside and he's like, listen, we're getting, you know, a little brushback from, from some of the players about Hambone. And, you know, maybe do you think we can, we can kind of pull it back a little bit. And I'm like, you know what? You're right. No problem. I, I, I never wanted to disrespect the sport or these professionals. And if this is getting in the way of, of, some, of, of some of these bowlers, then you got it. I'll, I'll, I'll stop. And literally, as I said that, they opened up the gates. And the entire facility filled up with people, and it was like every fifth person had a handbone sign, and they were screaming and yelling it at me. And I kind of turned to my producer. I was like, yeah, we're not going to end it this week. <laughs> we'll, see, we'll see how it goes. And from there, you know, you know with PD Dub giving, giving me the chop, that was kind of like him, yeah. him signing off on it. That, uh, you know, and again, to your point about marketing and sales, right, that's a big thing. You know, if, if somebody can – if somebody wants to watch our show to hear idiot boy in the box yell Hambone, you got it. You got it. Because that's going to bring more viewers and more ener energy and more excitement. And, if, and I love the stories about people going back home and bowling in their league, whether, whether they're 60 or 16, and they get fired up that they're on the verge of a Hambone. I, I get so many texts and tweets and all that stupid social media stuff that people send me. Like, I bowled a Hambone today, and I had the post Eric. Right? <laughs> uh -uh. And I'm like, I can't believe people are sending me this stuff. This is insane. <laughs> um, but I always reply, and it, it, I'm happy for them. I'm happy for them because they're happy, and, and, and they're enjoying it, and, and they're spreading the gospel. And look, we live in a world that's got enough crap going on yeah. in it that if you can go to the bowling center and you can yell Hambone uh, when you drop your fourth strike in a row and you are – legitimately happy and excited and your your friends are giving you high fives then you know what scream hambone all you want and and i'm 100 percent all right with it i'm thrilled that people take the time out of their 
schedule to tell me how they did at the bowling center the you, other day. You 100% should have trademarked that immediately, yes. and yeah, you, that you was, wouldn't have to be working like anymore. T-shirts. On my part. Yeah, that definitely should have been trademarked. <laughs> you know, Talk- in all honesty, I'm sorry if I'm talking too long here. In all honesty, I, I did have that opportunity, and I was pursuing it, um, and I was going to do it for, um, for, for purposes of charity. And, and we actually looked into it, and somebody had, somebody had trademarked it mm. before I, I could be proactive on it. So um, that oh, kind of bummed me out because yeah. I remember I was leaving, um, I was leaving uh, it was Indianapolis. We had just done an event. And I was one of the last to leave. I was cleaning up and doing my stuff. And I'm driving through the parking lot. And this guy's holding up T-shirts. And he's selling T-shirts. It's like 30 degrees outside. He's selling T-shirts out of his car <laughs> in the bowling center. And I'm like, parking lot. I'm like, what the hell's going on? I pull up. And uh, he's selling handbone T-shirts. Oh, my God. <laughs> he's selling oh. handbone T-shirts. I'm like, how much? He's like, 20 bucks. I'm like, 20 bucks. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, You're, for that T, you know, like, it wasn't even like a good, it was like, you look at it and you could tell it was like a flammable T-shirt. Right. right? And it, was like, it would hit you. It would scratch. It would leave marks on you. It's, it's a horrible quality. I'm like, fine. I dug in. He's like, I tell you what, for you, I'll give it to you for fifteen bucks. Five dollars bargain you gave me, and I gave you that damn oh T-shirt. He couldn't even throw me a freebie. Right. Um, but it's funny. One of our, um, one of the people who regularly works on the tour uh, with us, I saw him at breakfast. 20 minutes ago and he's like i got something for you i got something for you and he had two old ham bone t-shirts that people had made out there and that he had held on to and you know it, it puts a smile on my face that uh that somehow this ridiculous statement has endured <laughs> i just love it rob stone fox sports voice of the pba tour here on the castle lane spare time bowling show hey rob all week long on flow bowling we were talking about the chasing 300 and how big that is this week with the championship yep. match million dollars if somebody were to throw a perfect game if belmo's on the front nine in the last game who's gonna be more nervous you and randy in the booth or belmo on the line i'm losing my shit (laughs) are you kidding me it's funny because we were talking about it yesterday and none of the guys really wanted it answered belmo's like hey look you know i'm i'd help out my sister with her house and i take my best mates out on a vacation we do these things but a lot of them are like look i got to get to the title game first because it's only in the championship game that you get the million-dollar bonus for a perfect game. Yeah. But still, to, to have this hanging over your head, I mean, that, that, look, this is life-changing numbers that we're talking right. about, number one. And, and to experience that, that moment live on national television, on broadcast television, um, while you win not only just a tournament but a major um, is, is crazy to think about. And, and we were kind of talking about it yesterday in our production meeting, like, man, I hope – you know, I hope it's, if it happens, you know, again, if it happens, you know, I hope it's, it's pandemonium. You know, I, I hope it's this, this amazing scene. And I, I just looked at him, I go, I go, Randy's going to have to take us off the air because I will have left. I will be on the floor hugging and jumping around with whoever just dropped the 300 uh, for a million dollars. So you guys can figure out how you're going to get to the next show because I'm long gone. <laughs> so I, I've been waiting all week to ask you this. Have you been able to see the PBA League in Portland, Maine? Are you going to be calling it this year? And Yes, I'm going. I've booked, I've, I've booked flights. I'll be in Portland Maine twice. Um, yeah, Portland was has been that one thing that when I, I left the PBA because I, I, I moved to Fox that – uh, was was created while I, in my absence, and I look at it. And I remember stumbling on it one day. I'm like, "What the hell is going on here? Like, where 
where are these people? Why are they going nuts? Like, these, these are my people. Right. Found, That's found, what I kept thinking. I found my brood. It felt like Game of Thrones. Like, I'm marching through, and I'm fighting Icemen and, you know, Deadwalkers <laughs> and all this other crap. And I'm like, to find my people. I'm like, my people have been in Portland, Maine the whole time. Nobody <laughs> told me. I could show up there, and, I, I, you know, we, we bake bread together and all these great things. <laughs> so bread. I cannot wait for, like, lobster rolls and beers <laughs> and hanging out in Portland, Maine. I am, I am through the... I'm over the moon excited about getting there come April. Rob, I call it bowling heaven. Yeah. Bowling yeah. heaven is what well, I call here's it. Here's the deal, though. There, there's a part of me uh, that's slightly concerned because <laughs> in the past it's pretty much been been a one-off, right? Hey, Portland, bring it one day, right? Right. Give us everything you got on this one day. And now we're like, hey, you've been great for one day. We're going to up the ante. you got to give us four nights straight. And then we're going to come back again. We're going to have to bang out like another week. So, uh, we're going to test the endurance of <laughs> oh, Portland, they, Maine. Right? It, will, they, it won't be a problem. Sprint, can they run a marathon? Oh, absolutely. I know there's people who are taking work out there and friends with out there taking out work, taking a week of vacation to be there oh for the PBA God. playoffs. Oh, yeah. Oh, it's beautiful. awesome. Yeah, I can't wait. And, look, I, I don't care what sport it is. If that is surrounding your sport, you think it's cool and fantastic. It, it could be track and field. It could yep. be shot put. You know, it could be a – Barrel jumping on ice skates, you would say, this is awesome. I, I need to be around this. And the fact that it's, it's part of bowling just makes it that much more special. So, Rob, Cornish Hen, three spares in a row. It's something I hope you, I never hear on TV at all because I love seeing the strikes out there. we got to use it on flow bowling once in a while when a bowler's struggling. But that's the, the Cornish, Cornish Hen. for three in a row. So you're three spares in a row. Aside for yeah. The no, no, three spares in a row because it's you, oh, three spares, three spares in, in a row is the Cornish Hen. Down. So. Cornish game Hen. Yeah. Three, Three spares in a row. Spares. Yeah, that, uh, that's I'll, the last I'll thing bowlers by, I'll see. run that by Randy and see what he says. <laughs> oh, I know. Yeah, Rand, trust me, working with Randy on flow bowling in the past, yeah, he's shooting it down. Way, <laughs> I know that for sure. Randy, it, it, people don't realize how, just how damn good he is. I mean, he's quick, he's, he's fast, but he also has to be the intelligent one um, for all bowling you know, knowledge that's going on. And, and he, does a, he really does an underrated, magical job on our broadcast and uh, I, I love the fact that he, he gets so much um, so much love from the fan base but I don't know if he gets enough credit from, from others with the job that he does on our broadcast. I'm, I'm happy to say this is a lot less painful than talking about U.S. soccer with you so that that's good. <laughs> Rob, thanks. U.S. So- soccer, hey, hey we're, look, I know, you know, one of the reasons I love Milwaukee, A, is all the great breweries there and I, I, love, the, I love the beer that that city has produced uh, over its past but it, not only is there a great bowling tradition there but clearly a wonderful soccer tradition there as well with you know what bob gansler did yep. um in the past there in in that area and, and all the greats that have come from the beautiful state of wisconsin and look u.s soccer on the men's side is on the rise don't worry about it greg berhalter's got him going in the right direction he is he is killing all the demons that had infected that program over the last couple of years uh but what you really need to focus on is you're defending women's world cup champs USA off to the World Cup this summer, uh, where they're going to defend their crown. So uh, I, I, don't... I literally go from Portland, Maine, to Paris, France uh, in June. I go right from uh, the PBA playoffs. I mean, literally, when the show is done, I'm running to the airport to catch a flight to Paris, France, to cover the Women's World Cup. I, I wish we had another hour to talk about the women's team because I could do an hour on that by myself with just you. I don't like the goalie, <laughs> but that's just my thoughts. Hey, thanks that's so much. All right. That's that... all right. Well, nobody's hope solo though. But hey, Rob, thanks a lot for coming on, buddy. Yeah, no problem. Hey, 4.30 Eastern, Fox, Tournament of Champions. going to be a hell of a show. There you Everybody go. will be watching. As many times as I can. You betcha, Rob. Take care, buddy. Have a good day. Thanks, guys. Have there he week. is, Rob Stone, Fox Sports.
He's really, really good. On the Great Midwest Bank Hotline, looking to buy, build, renovate, or refinance in 2019. Look no further and call Great Midwest Bank today. Great Midwest Bank, providing simply local common sense lending to your community since 1935. If you would have told me I would have hit the dump button during a Rob Stone interview, (laughs) I would have said, you're crazy. But I did. Back after this. Spare Time Bowling Show, only on 105.7 FM, The Fan. It's been a heck of the last few days on The Fan. Steve Sparky, Fiverr, Phil Brallo, Dwight Aubrey. What did you learn from that interview, Dwight? The, the amount of energy that Rob Stone has. And and he could be actually a comedian on the stage somewhere. Oh, my God, I found myself laughing through the whole interview. It is um, a joy uh, to have him as part of uh, the broadcast on TV. And it's not... It's not meant as disrespect for anybody else that's done that job on the PBA right. tour. But some guys just have it. He has that it. dude has it. And yeah. if that dude ever was able to get in front even of a bigger audience doing mm-hmm. football or baseball or something like that yeah. or basketball to really kind of get to the next level of an audience, he would be phenomenal. I and cannot I, wait to see him in Portland, Maine. Oh, those people are going to be asking him to sign everything. Um, so he better be ready <laughs> his, for that. His liver will never be the same. Yeah, can, can he can he hang? I've never drank a lot. I don't know. I, I haven't seen him in a tournament site yet because I've been leaving when he's been arriving. Oh, right, so I, right, I've right, yet right. to see him. So right, yeah. No, that 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 makes a lot of sense. So there you go. So we got it out of the way. He said he did that on his own, whatever else. But it was interesting that his philosophy. I've never really heard, but I get down with the whole, you know, wrestling philosophy mm-hmm. of you either boo me uh, or you cheer me, but do something. Entertainment. Right? Yeah, yeah, but you don't understand. From a play-by-play guy to have that type of perspective isn't common. Most play-by-play guys are straight and boring and don't have a lot of personality, right? I mean, we could talk about Brewers play-by-play announcers, Matt Faskersen. Mm-hmm. He was that guy who had that huge personality Everybody loved him, and now, obviously, he's pretty much the guy in charge over at MLB Network making a ton of money and his own private car to and from the studios and everything else. Uh, so that, obviously, is a guy that, that stands out. Euchre. Yeah, right? that's what I thought. Euchre he's right a away. rare play-by-play guy because yeah. they don't do the traditional play-by-play analyst guy, right. but another guy that brings some entertainment. Harry Carey right. back in the day. But Carey there's right not yeah. a lot of those guys out there anymore that do that, Phil. Right. I think just sometimes... As he said, production tries to stifle you a little bit. Right. And all of a sudden, they might not always know 100% of the time what's best for what for the telecast. And as Rob said, hey, I got told to be stifled coming the next week, and there's handbone signs everywhere. We're going well, to guess what? They may, have swung a miss. Yeah, they may have swung a miss on that one and the, produ- and the production side of things. Well, that's because I'm sure they were taking heat from the bowlers or whoever the case may be, the traditional guys. And like I said, right. when I went off a couple of weeks, I don't care what you think. Yeah. This is not, with all due respect, do you all want to make more money? 
Yes. So you want bigger purses? Yes. Well, if that's going to happen, we need bigger ratings. Plain and simple. And if this dude helps bring bigger ratings and gets more people to know who you are, you can make more money. The network will make more money, and we're all going to be happy. So if you're going to yep. get all pissed off about Hambone, get out of my office. Yeah, I mean, right. that's that that's exactly how I would have treated that. And the youth. You got to well, also right. capture the youth. Exactly. And like he said, you know, there are people all over the country, I'm sure, that when they throw four in a row or yelling Hambone at the lanes or whatever absolutely. the case may be. Yeah. Right? Oh, absolutely. And there's people that, you know, barely follow the sport there. You see them out recreationally bowling at New Berlin Bowl or Castle Lanes, and they get their four-bagger, and all of a sudden they holler a handbone, and yep. they're using yep. a house ball. Right. Well, that yep. tells you something right there. If they don't even have their own equipment yet, they're hollering handbone. Yeah, it, it is really a beautiful thing. All right, qu- quickly here, before we get into uh, today's uh, TV broadcast, that's going to be a huge mm-hmm. TV broadcast, Tournament of Champions uh, in Ohio uh, coming up today, and uh, we will get into that. That's at 3.30 on Fox, regular Fox, Fox 6. 3.30. It is on Fox 6, right? It's not getting bumped Fox for something. Fox 6. It's okay. on 3.30. 3.30 on Fox 6. That's uh, huge. Make sure to watch uh, this afternoon. It is going to be something. I can't wait to, to watch that one. Okay, now, the Chris Paul thing. I was watching it with Kay and Jackson, and we had her parents, and we were at her parents' house, and we had it on the TV. My mom was at her own place. And she was watching it as well. So she's texting me, plus I'm having people watching. And the number one thing that everybody wanted to talk about was, why aren't they wearing bowling shoes? Mm-hmm. Why is that chick out yep. there wearing heels, looking yep. like an idiot? Yep. Like, why Why are they allowing all of this to occur? There's no way you would they would ever <laughs> allow this in a regular yep. bowling facility, yep. some chick to go out there wearing those heels and trying to throw a, a bowling ball. First year he was on, I said to you guys, why does Chris Paul bow in his tennis? Right. His sneakers. Right. But they didn't even know the guys. Like, none right. of them realized the guys weren't in bowling shoes. Right. Right. They didn't realize it until she came out there with her heels on. She's from Big Brother. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah. Um, so she came out there. That's when everybody, she, my mom started texting me. Everybody in the room was like, who is this? And yeah. why is she out there in heels? But I'm assuming they just let her do it however they she wanted to, right? Did she scuff up the lane at all, do you know, or anything like that? I'm sure they would have cleaned it up right away if she did scuff anything. It didn't look like she was even really sliding. She was just kind no, of No, she was walking yeah. and just kind of throwing it. Right. So they would have they would have cleaned the scuff marks off right away, but yeah. Yeah. That's that's one person that didn't need a bowling jersey on either. I hate to say that too. I saw some pictures of her on the red carpet. She didn't need that bowling jersey. Well, regardless, <laughs> regardless of, of the whole deal, I just think what the, from the Chris Paul thing. Yeah. Things I took away was that. That was one thing that everybody was seemingly talking about. The other thing for me personally was Teal got better, you guys. I mean, he mm-hmm. must have been practicing or something. He's picking up spares. He just looked better. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Obviously, he's got nothing else to do, but I mean, <laughs> he does. Don't you guys think he improved? I think he's one of those guys, too, that if he really kept working at it, he could be one of those guys when the PBA 50, when he turns 50. He could go on the PBA 50 tour and you give think it a so? shot. I think T.O. could, honestly. Really? Yeah. yeah the thing that I, I pull from that is in 2014 when they were here for the summer series, uh, he was um, in the practice lanes with Tom Clark, and I kind of peeked around the corner, and Tom let me introduce myself to him, and right. I got to shake T.O.'s hand. T.O. in real life has got game. That man puts a lot on the ball, and he, yeah. I believe when he puts half his thumb in there. Right. So, I mean, he's heavily cupped wrist. I mean, he puts a lot of revolutions on the ball. If you saw strike track, I mean, I think he was in the four 
2460 RPM range. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Oh, yeah. He so put I, some on it. I thought he was pretty impressive as far as he just got a lot better. I was like, wow, he's been practicing or something. I mean, yeah. he, he looked good, but Mookie Betts obviously stole yes. the show. Chris Paul was... Chris Paul was the guy when this whole thing started right. with the athletes and everything else, and Chris Paul slowly is just falling down the ladder. <laughs> right, That's kind of what it is. No longer does Chris Paul seem nearly as impressive when you start seeing Mookie Betts. It, it is, like I said, at a whole different level. All right. Here's Phil Bradley, Dwight Aubrey. We'll come back. We'll preview the TOC Tournament of Champions today at 3.30 on Fox 6. We'll do that next. Gasolite Spare Time Bowling Show here on The Fan. couple minutes left. So again, our thanks to Rob Stone of Fox Sports and to Tom Clark for tweeting out the <laughs> line that I had a dump. Appreciate it, buddy. Thanks. Appreciate it. Oh. Uh, okay, so this sounds going to stack up today. 3.30 Fox 6 Tournament of Champions uh, from uh, Fairlawn, Ohio. Never been. Uh, this is what it looks like. The five seed, Sean Lavery Spar. Not the other Lavery Spar, who you have seen previous to on TV. This is his twin brother, right? Twin brother. Yeah. Uh, so he is five. Michael Machuto, six, man. Jeez, man. I wanted him on TV. I did, I did, I did. I'm sorry. Just, it's been so long. I, I mean, mm-hmm. He's a nice guy. I, it would have been nice. Uh, Andres Gomez, seventh. Sean Rash, ninth. Down Barrett, tenth. There were some good, there were some names up there. Oh, yeah. yeah there was. Uh, okay, so that was, uh, uh, let's see. Fifth was Sean Lavery Spar. Fourth uh, is uh, Josh Blanchard. Third is EJ Tackett. Second is Marshall Kent. And number one, Jason Belmonte, mm-hmm. sitting atop the board going into the TOC. We'll do predictions. We only have two minutes left. But I'm really am not going to be shocked if everybody takes Belmonte. Dwight? I think it will either be EJ Tackett or Belmont. Okay. Marshall Kent. He's got himself in the, he took a week off in Lubbock, uh, got back to business mentally, physically, and yep, he threw the ball really well yep. in Akron all week long. And it, it's just the one guy in front of him with Belmo. I think Kent gets by Tackett in the semifinal, and I think Kent takes out Belmo in the championship match. I just don't see Belmonte losing this. I, right. I just, I struggle to see a way how he loses it. And like you said previous, uh, Phil. You know, if Belmonte is rolling there, it's going to be hard to stop him. If he throws the first three or four, the freight train could be on. It could be over quick. If Belmonte opens in the first or has a couple spares to start out or a Cornish hand, as you call it, three spares in a row, <laughs> that happens, then, yeah, okay, then then maybe. Maybe he'll have a chance at it. I, I think the thing is, is that there was so much urethane being thrown this week, and you're going to see a lot of it on TV today. That changes the lane from front to back a lot more dramatically sure. than it does with reactive resin. I think those three matches in front of Belmo could cause some Dictate, issues by the yeah. time he gets his practice before that championship match. We'll have to but, see. But isn't he the best at figuring it out, though? He was the best most of the time all week down in Akron this week, but it's it's one game, and it's the TV lights, and it's the anything can major. Happen. Anything can right. happen. He threw a good on TV last year, and he left the 10-pin in the 10th frame to Lose his chance on the 10th major last year on that same pair of lanes, 27 and 28. You're on Fox. You want your most notable bowler to win this thing. It, for me, Jason Belmonte is that guy. So mm-hmm. go win it and uh, do everybody a good job. Uh, Belmonte, that's my pick. All right, there he is. Phil Brown will catch him on Flow Bowling. Extra frame. Dwight Albrecht, go talk to him. About the Rob Stone interview all week at the Spare Time Pro <laughs> Shop in New Berlin. Our thanks to Rob Stone. Enjoy the rest of your day. College basketball show comes up at noon. Bye-bye. Yeah.